Welcome to this episode that's focused on family constellations. In the first part of the episode, I'm going to have a couple, a couple videos that have a little bit of an explanation of what this thing called family constellations is, because I assume most people have never heard of it. The first video is short, and it's by a woman named Margot Riddler that you can find on. She has a website of her own. And then the second video is more like a generic description of what family constellation work is. It's just a couple minutes. And then the bulk of the episode is a podcast by Aaron and Jack Sanford, who are relationship coaches, and they talk about um, their a little bit of their experience relative to um, just them particularly and constellation work. And then at the end, I attached a reading from part of an ebook by Margot Riddler, and then a few more of her videos for a more in-depth feel into into this work. So I hope it is informative and sparks a little bit of engagement in people. You know, each generation carries the same thing. We have to clean we have to clean backwards so we can stand free in life. We, we think we are the single person here and we just are the only ones who are suffering. It's like goes back. We are like the last link to carry the entire family, you know, the good and the bad. Each family member carries a particular programming. You have the one that's linked with the rape, with the abuse, with the, you know, marrying men who are not, supporting you and leaving you by yourself and you know you are linked to this lineage tragedy and we're gonna heal it now you're gonna heal it i'll help you you'll heal it and then it's done and then your daughter and then your granddaughter and then their great-grandchildren they can be free of this like you are the last link and from you it can stop and the other thing i want to tell you is that you are just the carrier of these energies you are just carrying, so you're carrying the energy of the abuse. You carry the energy of the, you know, not being supported. You carry the energy of the anger and the violence, and you carry all of this energy. But who you are underneath it all is already free. So what we're doing is we're just releasing the energies that kind of cover you, right? That, that kind of push all of who you really are, the spirit, you know, the, the one that wants to live freely and, you know, just sing and dance and have fun, right? That, that spirit that you are is squished by those energies that come from the system and it's kind of pushing you down. And what we're going to do today is we're going to just release those energies that come from the system that have nothing to do with you. You just, you know, part of the family system. We have to carry what, I mean, not carry, we have to clean up what the people behind us couldn't deal with because it was so tragic. Yeah, so in a way, you got many gifts from this system, from this family system. You got a lot of challenges, and today we're gonna close the door to the challenges, and you can then, your spirit can start being free. What is Family Constellations? Developed by the psychotherapist Bert Hellinger, Family Constellations looks as families, schools, organizations, countries as systems. 
how we survive, distribute resources, and thrive in these systems, he discovered is based three governing principles. For example, in families, the first principle is the need for belonging. We belong by being born into or married into the family. Yep, you are one of us. The second principle is the need for social order. Simply those who come first in chronological order. Example is partnership before parenthood. Eldest, right down to youngest. Each family member still has their special place, even if they have passed. The third principle is the need for equilibrium. The balance of giving and taking. You give me a little and I give you a little more. In this way, our relationships are sustained and grow. When either one of these principles are out of balance in a family, we become entangled and systemic symptoms appear that stop us from living our life fully. Any amount of counseling, health interventions have not made any difference. Systemic symptoms can appear as an illness or a mental health issue, ongoing relationship patterns, persistent feelings or failure to thrive financially. These symptoms point to something in the family generations past that when acknowledged the client no longer has to be the symptom bearer and a sense of autonomy and peace is restored. Family constellation principles are our guide with constellations conducted in group settings where members of represent family members or individual sessions using figurines, paper placeholders, or online using a real-time app. Family constellations is a very quick therapy with astonishing liberating results. Join a workshop, book a session in person or online, and move in harmony with your ancestors. Okay, hello and welcome back. I'm sitting here with Jacqueline, and we're ready to do another podcast on something that I would say is probably the most important element of what we've discovered on this journey. And certainly, when all other when all other modalities, therapies, um, understandings, principles, when they all hit their limit, this is the one that uh, carries through. And delivers. I think it's important to understand because it explains a lot about why you are the way you are, why you're currently experiencing the results that you get in your life, why you currently attract the certain relationships that you attract. Because it's like we're always in dissonance with the conscious side of what we want which is always more. For, how, for however many years I've been working with people and that you've been working with people, generally speaking, they'll come to a session with wanting to create an experience greater than they're currently experiencing. You know, they'll come to the table with a pattern like, um, you know, my relationship isn't the way I want it to be or my partner's just not showing up how I want and you know we're not experiencing the money that we want in our family it's always coming from a contrast from something a negative experience to something that they want yeah and that and so what we're going to be talking about today explains the contrast oh sorry not the contrast almost like the why it's a struggle yeah I mean like logically you can go okay so you want more money great go do these 
these strategies, these techniques, um, and oh, like you know, you like you'll have more work. money, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's why just following like methods, strategies, and for... strategies don't work because it's not the conscious mind that's like can't piece together things and say, okay, yeah, sure, that makes sense. I'll just go start a business and then I'll just uh, market it's so my simple, business isn't it? and you know, make so much yeah. sense. Just start a business, yeah, and I'll provide a, value for yeah. people and make some make some dough love. <laughs> exactly. exactly, it's so straightforward. <laughs> and if it's so straightforward, why is it that patterns keep replaying themselves? You would you did a business course, and it was a more holistic business course, and they revealed that the some of the key dynamics of not becoming wealthy or having a successful business aren't just about strategies. You know, they talk about negotiation and marketing, but in it they intro- they introduced you to one of the world's best psychotherapists and introduced you to the whole concept of systemic family constellations. Right. Basically it talks about the whole family system and how it impacts your relations in the world. And basically, in short, it goes like this. The life that you live currently isn't as much as your own as you think it is. The patterns that you're repeating from your family, for your family, 100% unconsciously, are actually some of the biggest drivers in your whole existence. Right, so it explains the difference between how we belong to the family system, meaning that the devotional love patterns that we experience through negative things like not having much money, uh, attracting narcissists, having any sort, um, any form of abusive relationship, be becoming that overt, a victim in a relationship, passive uh, abortions, death or, conflicts, um, illnesses, like illnesses, health yeah. problems. And overall, just struggling devotional life. patterns to your ancestors. Now, devotional pattern, how is that? That's got well, to be Well, it's explaining that the family system, the bond between you and your ancestors is so strong. Um, the field that connects you all together is the, is the bond. Yes. And so you are connected to this family system and whatever... Issues have happened in the past, um, you know, divorces and all the other things I just mentioned show up in the future generations if not dealt with. Correct. And it's it's in in the family system, it's what we call that is the orders of love. It's like how you belong to your family system. And so if suffering is how you belong to your family system, and which for most people it is, then you you'll suffer like you'll suffer in a relationship you'll suffer by not having money um you'll suffer with health issues and this is just part of your creature neurology it's programmed into your um family dynamics so this is completely foreign to me so it was a can right, I well, can like, I Can I just quickly explain with the whole, um, like when I did this course back in 2012, it was a business course. I went in to do a business course, an entrepreneurial business course, and attached to that was like becoming a better coach. So 
there were millionaires in the course. There were healers in the course. Healers. There yeah. were personal trainers. Yeah. Um, basically, people from all different walks of life who had a business and were growing, wanted to grow their business. And they introduced this topic because it was so important to people who were consultants, therapists, and um, entrepreneurs because what you find is when you go on these journeys, you hit roadblocks. Exactly. And you're like, hold on, I'm, I'm doing all the negotiation. I'm I'm, I've got right. my strategy plans right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going out, I'm doing sales. Um, what What's going on? Like, yeah. And so that's why they introduced the um, family system work because it really gets to the root of your unconscious programming and devotional patterns to your family system. Whereas what I found is other therapies or like uh, forms of new age work understand the subconscious, but they don't understand the the family system. Yeah. So can you just, I feel like I want to, because you got introduced and it was like, bang. I remember I did too. And it was just bang. Yeah. Um, I was in, I remember you were talking about it and you were like, oh no, family systemic constellation. You were talking about it to our massage therapist. Right. And you know, we were living in a pretty new way, the most spiritual place on earth, Byron Bay. Right. And so I thought, oh, okay. Jacqueline's just talking like hippie spiritual stuff with this massage therapist. And I wasn't, and I was like, not in, I thought it was just some new age crap. And then when I actually saw the therapy in practice, it was like a thousand bricks hit of when you, when you find one of those things that makes so much sense and you see the truth in it and it fits totally with what you were looking for. You just have that instant knowing of how important this is going to be. So why don't you tell them how you experienced it inside that, your first experience with it? Well, I, well, by going to this, this business course, yeah, um, was what I want. I want to grow my business. I want to become rich, yeah. financially free. Right. It's almost like we go, we think we're going to solve our money issues with money issues. Right, like, oh, I'm going to solve my, why I don't have enough money by getting more money. And what I discovered was that actually the reason why I didn't have much money wasn't to do with money at all or getting more money by getting more clients or business scaling stuff. my business. It actually had to do with um, devotional patterns I had in my family system. And one of the biggest blocks that I had around business was my relationship yeah so you were wanting to grow in a certain area or do a certain thing and you felt like the relation your current relationship at the time was holding it just it was like the foundation of the relationship was rocky so I was sort of in this pattern between (laughs) motherhood and rate and and businesswoman, and I couldn't really devote to either of them. Yeah, you were like spread out thin. Um, and it 
had to do with the type of man that I had attracted. So, but under, underlying all of those things, we really understand two fundamental emotions that we feel that link us to our family system, which is guilt and innocence. And so what I found is like if I sort of went all in in, in my, my, my business, I'd start to feel guilty. Like I should be with my children. I should be with my children. But I, but if I'm with my children, then who's going to provide? So you, so, yeah, right. Like, well, we're not going to get anywhere on a, on my partner's part time job. Like, we're not going to get a house and all the things that I want and give the give myself and my children holidays and and experiences and all the greater things that I want in my life, right? Because he's not going to do it. <laughs> so, right? So there's, so there's this, there's this guilt that's actually the block. Can you, can you just talk about your actual first experience with the constellation? Like, and talk about your resist, your resistance to it and how you felt like it was a bit weird as well. Well, the first constellation I experienced was actually in the course. Right. Can you just wait? Don't speak until he's 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 at that stage where yeah. he's pulling the cords. Yeah, he grabs anything. Zach, he's a little monkey. If I pull it away from you, he's going to be like I was pulled away from everything no. I wanted to grab in my life. No. <laughs> my mother pulled it away. Yeah, I feel now like I can't get what I want. I feel like I'm always <laughs> reaching. The first constellation I participated in, and a constellation is where you get a group of people together in a room. You come together and the the facilitators um, interview a person who's going to be the the client. Who has a particular pattern that keeps playing out. Yeah, they have a particular pattern and, and majority of the time people will come around money. Well, it was a business Money course. or relationship. They're the two primary uh, issues for people. Um, so he he was somewhat successful. Like he he had a multi he had a million dollar under like it was under a million dollar business, right? Like he sure. hit a threshold at a million dollars in profit, and something would go wrong. And he noticed his pattern over and over again, so he couldn't break through that glass ceiling right. and grow his company yes. beyond that. And in a company like a million, it's not that much money. Oh well, yeah. Overheads and everything. So, um, and so they, he consulted with the, um, facilitators and then the facilitators got us all in a big circle right. and there were about 50 something people in the room. Right. And all we were told was to go to lunch, come back and take a seat in the circle. And so that's what we did. And then they start to, well, they put, they put the, the, the client in the middle of the room and ask the client to, to select representatives. representatives. And so the client um, intuitively Mm. picks a bunch of people and they, put those people in the circle and they just sort of let 
they represent m- members of his particular family system. Family. So they say, take your dad, take, take whoever, whoever is a part of your system. Yeah, like look around the room, choose a father, choose a mother. Yes. And very simple. Choose your business, like even yeah, like you, yeah. like I've seen happen, like that. choose your country, right. and a person can represent a country. So that then weird shit starts to happen. All right. So yes. <laughs> so what's the what starts? And ha- that's when I started thinking I'm in a freaking voodoo session. Voodoo session, and I like started feeling sick, energetically, and like wanting to like leave the course and so then apparently that's i was part of the constellation so they yeah they usually if if you have this like feeling of like wanting to leave um generally they'll say we are part of this 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 constellation and they'll put you in the circle yes so once you you okay you're just everyday jacqueline uh in your business course and then when you get pulled into the circle you start to there's what's called a knowing field, right? And you start to, and this is where all the um, like skepticists would like be poohooing this, but it's so repeatable and it's so uncanny that it it's something's going on, and so you ended up starting to take on the mannerisms, start to feel the feelings, start to have a very, 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 very strong sensation of who you were supposed to be representing in this guy's family system. The whole thing ended up playing out that um, there was a, a, a war, like a, like it was his great, great, great grandfather who had murdered a bunch of people for money. For for wealth. Yeah. And so I was one of the... Murdies. Mur- yeah. Weren't you crawling? Didn't it feel I, like you I were shot? I didn't actually die, though. In the, yeah, I like was trying to escape under the chairs. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he'd, acqu- he'd um, acquired all this wealth and money um, through murder. So... The client was guilty. He was he was guilty for what had happened in the past, and hence had some pretty severe business issues. And so, for you, I think that's kind of funny that you weren't. It wasn't just like uh, some mother turning her back on the husband and then reconciling. It was like a big, like traumatic murder scene yeah that, it, it went for three hours what yeah it went for three hours it was pretty deep and like i remember um and jamie jane like that well that was the guy's name that yes. was the guy's name i mean he he's a very charismatic individual yeah um he presented very well like it, it was just so weird to see be like the whole thing take place and then the healing take place at the end and how they got him to um, honour his family system, bow down to the family system, um, 
And he was just like in tears. You like can tell. Lot. Like it was deep. Yeah, this, when you start to understand these levels of um, hidden dynamics that are taking place, it's very humbling because everyone's in their family system. And it's universal. So the principle here is that belonging is one of the most important, is the most important principle in this context of what we're talking about. Yeah, some some people, depending on your individual family system, um, some people have a really hard time. The, the belonging patterns of love and guilt and innocence is is very strong. So for some people in a family system, poverty is innocence. And being wealthy, oh, they're going to feel guilty. So the more money they have, the more guilty they feel. And so if they're poor, they're innocent and they belong to their family system. Right. And so if you're having a great relationship, then they could be not in rapport with their family. And there's a great saying that... That basically in a in a family of thieves is the honest one that is the one who's looked down upon or who doesn't belong. Yeah. So Yeah, so in innocence that so basically you you can also take on members. So so basically in an example like the one you were talking about with this guy. Yep. He could be taking on he could be taking on and the feeling for his uh, for the victims of his grandfather's per well that's what he did all right so he takes on the pattern so he'll, he'll sabotage so he he won't get to he what he wants to guilty for the victims so he feels guilty for the victims and so what he's doing is he's trying to fix the system for his grandfather so that he can so that he Great can belong yeah so right and so it's it's like a uh, there's so many different ways with the belonging so um, if there's a, a heavy drug addiction it's often a death wish f- so that uh, a family member doesn't leave so a family member wants to exit so if, say a father wants to die in rapport with someone in his family who dies and it's the daughter will want to die and like so the principle goes like this better than I should leave than you dear father and when this gets brought to light and we see these patterns we've seen hundreds of different patterns on a macrocosm in our own family family cosm and it plays out as true every time and then once you bring consciousness to it it's hard to be victim to it anymore yeah right so like the key thing that helped me personally in my family system is actually being being okay with feeling guilty until the guilt was no longer there so notice where you feel most guilty in your life yep today yes right i explained before like me not like for me it came off children Feeling where you feel most guilty and being okay with that. Being okay with feeling guilty first. 
so what most people do is they uh, do something, yeah, yeah. right? They start to feel guilty, and then what they do is they swing to innocence, and so they have this emotional attachment where they feel innocent. So I've got a good example for that to stay in line to bring a bit more color to it. So, for example, um, I, in my own experience, I would be, I would feel like my, I'm doing great in an area. I'll just pick something that's not that intense emotionally, and I'd injure myself. So I'd be doing, doing great, doing great, like consciously moving towards a goal or something along these lines. And then I get an injury and it was just too, like my behavior, the injury always came from like a silly behavior. It was just sort of impulsive. And then I did that on that again with that part of the book. And that's, man, it's so, it's so amazing. You see it. That's a form of coming back in line in innocence. So I've strayed too far from the family system and now I need to, Okay, so I'm consciously moving towards what I want, but then unconsciously I'm out of rapport with the system. So I need to injure myself to come back into all the emotions that go along with being injured. So that comes... So so that... And just frustrated and uh, in that that state of pain or immobile or unable. Unable is probably the main one. But because I have the consciousness, I'm not just, it's not just an accident. Oh, yeah, I've got this knee problem. It's like, oh, uh, hello, did it again. I can, it's too uncanny, like clockwork sometimes. I mean, of course, you can, you can work with the pattern. But that's an example of coming back into innocence because now I'm in rapport with the family so I don't feel guilty for leaving it or being too separate. Right. A big pattern that I've seen working with women, um, generally, like my program is working with women who just attract really dysfunctional partners, or they're sure. not they're not getting what they want in a yes. relationship, or they attract the sort of emasculated man, and you know, yeah. etc. So. What I find is like when we go into understanding their family system, most of the time these people have not been able to set boundaries with their parents. So they don't have a sense of individuation. They don't have a sense of self. They're not in touch with their authenticity. And and so because for them to do that, they would start to feel guilty. And it's like... It's, it's kind of like saying to someone, um, you know, like setting a boundary with the parent is like, well, I'm just not going to spend as much time with you. It could be that simple, right? It could be that simple. I'm not, you know, like you're moving away from that family system. Well, it's like... It's like you're not going to engage in certain things anymore or experiences with them that are codependent. And so as someone begins to understand the difference between codependency and their authentic self and individuate, they start to feel guilty. Yeah. 
Like, but isn't that mean? Yeah. Or like, but shouldn't we like sacrifice ourselves for our children? Or shouldn't we uh, love um, unconditionally and like disregard ourselves and accept someone, in, you know, for who they are and not set limits or boundaries? I've even heard you know, it. Lo- I've like, even heard it swing the other way, where it's like. Um, you don't have to be something for someone else. You don't have to, like, no expectations in a relationship um, where it's, um, where it's not, it's like it's almost like the opposite of that. Like, whatever you want to pursue is what's valuable. So it's almost like they, one, they don't have any individuation or autonomy, and two, they aren't aligned with morality, and three, they're not aligned with what's healthy inside a objectively healthy inside a family unit yeah well the the you should be loved for who you are is like but who are you (laughs) you don't know who you are yet if you haven't individuated you're you're basing that on the premise that who you are is actually your authentic self the solution here so we're talking so in our work we talk constantly about boundaries autonomy our first our first project was called the Authenticity Process, which is really about developing, becoming authentic. Exactly. Okay, so your own autonomy and and okay, so freedom from codependency. Well, you can't be free unless you belong. So it's like a catch twenty two. In order to be a healthy individual, you need to have autonomy. In order to not struggle in life, you need to be in rapport with your family. So it feels like, well, what are we going to do? Well, the solution is actually one of the most important birthrights. And it's the right to belong and be separate. So if you can play both fields, you belong and are separate, that's how you thrive in life. Exactly. And so, so when, like when I take, when I take my client through a transformation, like you work with men, I work with women and your program is slightly different to mine, but because it, you know, we're talking about different genders and the whole experience of a transformation with women is, um, so different because like what I get them to do first is really understand like I kind of I kind of like trick them because if if you don't (laughs) if if you don't like get this it's like then because then I can then I can spot out the contradiction and and it's all coming from them so it's not like me telling them anything they've actually told me so it's like it just resonates with them they like get it well it's their own words right so it's like getting them to um really create the vision for their life um, and really focusing on what they want in their life and using the negative as a contrast of what they don't want, uh, creating a vision board, creating a storybook of who Channel, yeah. they want to become. And so uh, we then we, we start to see like this. So it's come, it comes crystal clear. So I get there. What is their highest values in life? 
and then this is this is what you you know need to be focused yeah, on. So I work on storybooks and visions and creativity, while you work on very masculine, yeah, sure. you know, values and principles and highest values, yeah. um, vision for like men, right? Yeah. So, um, sure. it's the same principle. It's consciously what yeah. is you what is it that you want in life? Just consciously. Yeah, well, it's getting them to connect to their inner being because it's it's like your inner being is there and it's always sort of trying to pull you into alignment, right? But it's like once they start to create the storybook of who they are, it becomes more clear. Who they are or who they want And to it's be. like, for example, um, no, it's actually who they are. Okay. It's who they are. It's just that it's not aligned for them because of who they think that they should be. So, for example, like, I'm working with someone recently and she wants to be, she wants to have more um, art and beauty in her life. Sure. Right. She wants to live in a better place. And, and as she was like painting this storybook, like she's done this storybook and then, you know, we go into a session and her default comes up, which is, um, you know, like I want to live in an earth ship, which is the complete opposite to what she's painted in the storybook. And so which one's true? Because they're two different experiences and they're two different, um, like houses, <laughs> like, you want you want this house and this space and this art and this beauty and this experience, which is a contrast to the other experience. And so she ended up going through the eight-week program, realizing that that the other experience of the Earth ship was just how she belonged to her family system. Don't ask for anything more in life. You're not allowed to ask for anything more. You can't have anything more. You. Can, it's like it's not good to have anything more because like then you're greedy and basically her experience as a child was that well if you ask me for anything more child like I can't give it to you so just don't ask me for anything more because I don't want to give you anything more and I can't give you anything more and I'm not willing to give you anything more and so that's that I mean like that's how you really understand your inner being Right, because your inner being is always trying to pull you into alignment. Right. Whereas your programming of what, say, you know, your your parents were like struggling, right? And they they weren't really working on themselves. They weren't thriving. And so because they had an experience of life and were really basically saying, look... um, you want more child and we're not going to give you more. Okay. Because we're just not in, in, in our reality, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And so she can either go down that path and be like, well, I won't ask for anything more because then you're not really looking at finding your truth, finding who you really are and aligning with it. You're just sort of going, okay, well, um, 
well, this is the path of least resistance. This is what I've known. This is what I'm comfortable with. Um, so this is what I'll ask for. But what showed up for her when she was going down the path of least resistance was actually more suffering and pain in her relationships because then she would attract men who were really irresponsible, didn't have any money, were on drugs, um, That's were just completely out of alignment with her inner being. Completely out of alignment. Like, her life, if she went down that path, would have been hell and more than likely probably could have ended up a single mother um, in a not good living environment. So the consequences are, are pretty big when we don't align with our authenticity. We don't rem and so a lot of people don't get really clear about what is it they want to experience. And so some people do. And okay. then they yeah. then they're unable to actually find what the contradiction is to them experiencing what it is that they want to experience. So we so yeah, we it's a pretty broad subject, but There's people out there that do constellation work and it is very important to get the basics and understand how the principles work. What what our contribution is is really in the context of a relationship the couple bring consciousness to each other's family systems. They understand how they're perfect matches for each other to play out their inauthentic life that's actually very in rapport with their family system in a dysfunctional manner and bring consciousness to that codependency and then rather and then what we call alchemy which is transfer alchemize a perfectly like disastrous situation to build rapport with the family system in a state of suffering and be very, very innocent in the relationship and turn that very thing into gold and have a thriving family consciously creating what it is that they want. And so the couple becomes conscious co-creators together rather than codependent players. And we know the we know the ins and outs of how it plays out in a romantic couple, in a family setting, and how to do it together, not just in the traditional. Yeah. Oh, setting. yeah, like, I mean, we definitely attract our parents. That's that's creature neurology right there playing out. It's like, um, it's just when we're moving out of that experience as a couple... Again, it, you, you've got to come back to your true self, your inner being. Like, what are you trying to align with? And obviously it's not going to be um, abuse. Obviously it's not going to be dysfunction and fighting and um, control-based relationships and drama-based relationships. Yeah. So really it's about lowering the resistance that you have to your family system. 
It's lowering resistance to both. I mean, lowering resistance that you have to the family system, because then you end up sabotaging going back to the family system unconsciously. And then it's also about losing resistance in the context of your family, in the context of like your roots. Yeah, losing, but I, lo- I, losing resistance to what you consciously want as well. So it's about losing resistance no matter what. Yeah, but if you have resistance to what you consciously want. Yeah. If there's a, a, a resistance there. Yeah. It's because you haven't lowered the resistance to guilt. Well, that's the that's the place to look straight away is that if you had it you can't you, you can't grow without guilt because whenever you right, grow exactly. you're going if you're going to be grow let's say Jacqueline and Aaron are going to have a, a better relationship than our parents and our grandparents and our ancestors we're going to have a more thriving relationship as a family with our new son okay as we grow we're going to inevitably leave some family members behind. And if there isn't consciousness and skill in understanding how this, how the, how belonging works, we'll hit that glass ceiling. Like the first, that first client who you were in a circle with and he was hitting that glass ceiling. So we will all, we will, hit that glass ceiling in our development if we're not if we're not conscious that guilt is fine that guilt is going to come about as you develop as you evolve as you grow yeah lowering the resistance to guilt is the key that is the key yeah so a big for me this journey has been uh because my family setting was um, both my grandparents grew up in the Great Depression and I think were hard hit by the Great Depression. And so they weren't, they didn't have businesses that, you know, were able to stay stable through the Great Depression. And so I've, I've brought a lot of consciousness to that as my family system. So if I want to have a family that's thriving and that we live in a realm of trade that involves finances, then I'm going to have to be okay with guilt if I'm going to succeed. Succeed in my business, succeed in being able to provide for my family, being able to thrive financially. So you've got to be okay with guilt, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and eventually you won't feel guilty. No. Guilt guilt is just the resistance-like trigger. Yes. And that's freedom, actually. And, and actually often in people who will come from, like, pretty poor family systems, they can convince themselves that being poor is almost um like prideful yeah so they they end up turning poverty into sort of a, a, a medal or a, a badge of honor where it's prideful to be poor 
And that's really sneaky. The ego creates these stories where their pride is protecting something. And you see this a lot in spiritual communities where poverty is prideful and that you should help people and you should volunteer and that um, it's all for the good and it's all for God or it's like it, it becomes um, disguised in a lie and that can also keep people poor because they've associated it as a good thing. So whereas pride actually is completely different like pride is where we grow we achieve something uh, we expand ourselves we need a skill to do that we master the skill we build self-esteem and we have what's called healthy pride yeah which healthy is actually what, what what pride really is so so yeah so understanding the family system is important and how we flip between guilt and innocence, but also understanding the programming that you underwent when you were a child and created what I call association fallacies with things. So you create associations based on what you believed about your reality at that time or what your parent told you about reality at that time. And, you know, you know, working hard could be seen as honourable. Um, or working hard is... Um, you know, and then you get a partner everything. and they don't want to work hard and then or, now you have problems, right? Because working hard is honourable. Or not working hard is, you know, if you start working hard, it's not, you know, it's unsafe. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The whole working hard is is interesting because... It, you, you really, you've got to understand, like, I mean, what is the resistance to hard in the first place? Like, where does that, where does the resistance that people create that hard is something negative? It, like, you can reframe that whole perception of hard. But what I'm saying is it just, it just bringing consciousness and skillful mastery of multiple levels of yourself self-knowledge and relationship you can just that's why i think psych, psychology is the basis here of a thriving life um particularly in the more conscious age as we're coming and developing it's number number one skill that i see and yeah, well, so well, you can become things so in in just to stay i had to keep this point relevant to what you were just saying about like work hard work hard so work working hard is so like like the context of when you have a look at someone and you say dad thought money was and then you fill in the blank and they by default say hard to get doesn't grow on trees um you gotta work hard for it you know whatever the just the default is you know it's contrast to maybe something else that you want like why couldn't part of your belief around money be money and the blank B comes really easily to me is is really fun uh helps me in my journey through life whatever it is 
Do you know yeah. what? Like, like that is so common with coaches and like NLP practitioners and stuff like that. Like they'll try to reframe hard and sometimes that can work. But what I actually like doing is losing your resistance to hard. So, so you could, you could create an anchor where it, it's, it becomes easier. Money's more, um, you know, people do meditations on this. Yeah, money's comes to me. Money, to me. money flows to me smoothly. Yeah, and like easily. so, you could go down that path, but I guarantee <laughs> it's not going to work oh. because, what, like, like well, I've tried a lot of it. <laughs> That's one thing, and I've seen a lot of other people that have tried a lot of it, and then yeah. not really that far along. Right. Um, so I would, what I do with clients is actually get them to lower their resistance to hard altogether. So that way you've got, now you can, you can go do the, the easy meditations, but, um, you also don't have resistance if something is hard. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Just psychologically work with whatever's coming up as a form of a sabotage. So if someone is, so if someone, if someone's essentially like freeloading in their life they've got so much resistance to working hard and that can be what's necessary for them if someone's like you know six hours a week working and like got to work hard and and it's that's not aligned with what they consciously want they want to spend more time with their family they want to start a start that business whatever works for whatever is blocking you and whatever you need to integrate you can work with it if you understand the principles so releasing yeah. the resistance to working hard, releasing the resistance to um, easiness. Yeah, I mean, like, you no, know, like people that get drawn into those vortexes, like, get sucked into like meditations on like, you know, just going to show up, it's going to be easy, and all of that. Um, generally, haven't released the resistance to working hard, so it's probably not going to happen, right? So when you release the resistance to working hard and you put it in perspective i mean look at our past ancestors sure if you want to talk about the whole family system stuff i mean part of our resistance like if we're resisting working hard then we're resisting our family system because they would have had to work a lot harder if you want to use that word you know harder yeah um than we did in many ways, like look at, like even if you go back to when you had the hunter gatherer, like, like we just need to go to the shop, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's it's, and and now all, like we're yeah. we're like associating all of these things where it's it's really, uh, better in my opinion to release resistance to things that you you would think are hard because often you'll find is when you release the resistance too hard you have a better relationship with um hard work and and so achievement and like i've got i've got a different spin because we've been saying release the to hard work for a Releasing the resistance. Releasing the resistance to So it's not as bad as you think it it. is, basically. I reckon. You're just making it bigger than what it is. What if the whole dynamic is needing to make 
part of your programming or part of your system needs to make it a big deal. So what if what if what you want isn't that hard? Isn't actually okay. That's what you're trying to say, right? So, so yeah. Yeah, right. What if, That's what I'm saying. You've got to release the resistance. But let me just stumble through this and it'll become articulate eventually. If the person's family was like, you have to work hard, like let's just say that's a program, and then they've got a lot of resistance to working hard, What, and that resistance to working hard creates this big story and this big inside their head, when what they want to do, it could just be quite easy. Yeah, but you're still flipping to the outcome of easy. So as you do that, you're still fighting the resistance of working hard. Therefore, you're in a contra. Therefore, you're actually creating more of working hard. Yeah, but it, it's not. You're not actually dissolving it, it's, the pattern. It sounds like you've got a real problem with something being easy. No, 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 no. I don't have a problem with something being easy. What I'm saying is, while while you haven't released the resistance to working hard. Right. Yeah, obviously. Then, and you're going to, well, what if it was, what if it's just easy? Right. What I'm saying is it's better to release the resistance to working hard. I, I disagree. I reckon it's equally important to release the resistance to both. But you don't, but, but there is no resistance to working easy. Really? People don't have resistance to working easy. But that goes contrary to when we feel innocent. When, so let's say... Um, our ancestors had to work bloody hard in the coal mine, all right? And we uh, just have it easier. Well, you can start... Many people start to feel guilty and they'll sabotage their success because oh, they're not like working you, hard. So you mean that that someone who works easy gets could something soft, easy? They could be spoiled. They could be one of the posh who- people. They could be just totally out of rapport with your family. So there's resistance to easy. Right. Okay, I get what you mean. Okay, good. Right. But there's... Right. So... Right, I've got it. So you're saying in that family system, working hard is how they belong. Yeah. And so... So they might not actually work hard. It's just that their life is hard. No, they might be working hard, but they might not be getting where they want to go. So, for example, yeah. or their life, for example, yeah, or their in life my business, is, their life is just hard. They associate for, hard yeah, with hard. their life, and that if if they were yes. to have it easy, then that's Guilty. like 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 those people that have it easy are like, yeah. how dare they? How dare they have it easy? Fucking how dare they? So yeah. like so like again, there's that false sense of humility and pride associated Innocence with a hard yeah. life. You know, you create a hard life because it's it's like almost honourable to your family system. Yeah, and then it can go both ways where it's like... So that's that's like getting into shadow work, right? Where you're still projecting onto the enemy. You're creating an enemy within your head and the this this other person who has it easy yeah. is like... Us and them. Yeah, right. So you create this big yeah separation. Yeah. And then this plays out with dinner thing. So if you uh, marry someone and they just have a different set of values, let's say you're from the same culture, but they just have a different set of values, 
what'll end up happening is if you if you um, stop or you come out of alignment with your family's values and you start creating your own or you align with your partner's values that they have you'll start to feel like your conscience you'll start to feel guilty so the relationship could start to function but your experience of life will start to feel out of alignment here and then it'll sabot and then it just you, you won't be enjoying life and then let's say that both families stick to the values of the other no, stick to their own family values well what ends up happening is there's fighting all the time inside the relationship so there's innocence on the family level but there's conflict just in the relationship yeah if you have if you have relationships where like you're not aligned that's because your family systems aren't aligned so it's so so like, it's not like you have to align with someone who has a family system that's perfectly aligned with you no consciousness is the key that you can actually change your family system you can bring it into alignment you can bring it into order and so this is a key thing you can't not need to belong to your family remember what we said at the start it's the right to belong and be separate that brings the har- the harmony so what you do is you belong to your family in a way that is aligned with what you consciously want yeah but that but you really need to understand that both people need to individuate because if you have a contrasting family system to your partners and you know you start fighting over like parenting or you start fighting sure, over like, like money like a different value yeah um or sure. like you know what you should and shouldn't do yep then if you haven't individuated well, that relationship's like doomed. probably doomed yeah. to break up anyway. Sure, but what I'm saying is you can't individuate and then give up on the belonging aspect. What do you mean? Well, let's say I individuate from my family, and I like because we've done I've done it with you, all right? Because half of our massive aspect of our work has been individuation from family and co-creating as a couple creating something new together but if i haven't worked on the family system level no matter how good that creation is or how logical it is the they'll find a way to sabotage it unless i'm working skillfully with the family system as well yeah so with the family system you need to understand that the persona creates shadows and like what we were talking about before, like for some families working hard could be seen as honorable or it could be um, like that person got things easy. So that there's a, there's a distaste for a life that you consciously actually want. Right, so there's envy. So what? So you need. So that's where you go deeper into working on the shadow of the family system. Oh yeah, and family you, system shadow work. You realize like your family system actually holds envy, and um, then you probably attract people who you um, 
want to play out that codependency with and want to make them the enemy so you can belong to your family system and that happens in relationships all the time so it's really important that if you're in a relationship like that that you don't play into that person's um persona you don't you don't play their game that you have boundaries in your relationship and in your life where if someone wants to make you wrong for wanting more then that you have a clear distinction between who you are and who they are and let them individuate on however they need to individuate well that's that's what creates a healthy persona rather than just like a default persona right because like if in ultimately if someone wants to stay remain a victim they're going to remain a victim course you know that you in a relationship you have to get to a place where you're like well this person just wants to stay victimized to their family system so you know you've got to make those decisions accordingly i think i want to i want to finish up by saying about how you can belong and be separate. You can be separate by working on uh, by working on your own individuation, which is what you're talking about. Creating boundaries from consciousness. No, this isn't what I want. That's opposed to what I want. That's that's immoral. That is uh, not healthy. And so then you start moving towards what it is that you want to create. And then the boundaries protect your standards that you want to uphold. How you can belong and keep on the path of your authentic standards, which lead to your vision coming to fruition, um, which means you can be on the path to freely integrate the shadow and integrate what you need to integrate. What you do is with the family... What I haven't actually talked about here is the is I haven't mentioned the word entanglements, and so when Jamie, who in your fir- the first constellation you're ever a part of, mm-hmm. he was inside an entanglement, so he was entangled either with grandfather or another descendant, or with the victims of grandfather. And so as he's entangled in their fate. He can't uphold the standards, integrate what he needs to, live his own life, individuate, separate, live his vision. So he's caught in that entanglement. And that's how we can see there's a pattern. I hit a glass ceiling. Well, he can, in inside, just like you can expose the family dynamics inside a constellation, it's called like the knowing field. Inside that field, you can change things it's not static like um it's not fixed it's dynamic now this is so this is when i like i if i hit barriers in our relationship or playing out a drama loop or something that's out of alignment with what i consciously want to create and i can sense that it's a family pattern i will almost i'll do a ritual in that i will communicate to you as the party that's playing out. And so I can recognize an energy signature in the relationship between my grandparents and I'll and I'll actually put it in order. 
So rather than, or rather than me playing out a husband role for my single mother, I will take my place and I will say that I'm no longer, I'm no longer the son or I'm no yeah, longer the that's, husband. That's the biggie with the, the women. A lot of women that I've worked with have this pattern where they feel like they're in a relationship with a boy or like it's, they don't really feel like they have a husband hmm. and it's because the, their husband is actually married to their mother still in the family system. So the partners they pick aren't available because they're married to their mothers. Now we know the common ones. And, we... and married in the sense of energetically. Of course. Right. Yeah. It's not conscious folks. <laughs> energetically it's not married conscious. to their mother. This is an unconscious dynamic. Alright, which controls most of your life. Alright, if you're driving on the road and then you're like thinking about something intensely and then you look up and you're like, What I do not remember that road, the last ten seconds of that road. Who was driving? Your unconscious was driving. Right, so the, 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 the key here is that the male uncleaves from his mother now, and I becomes don't... an individual, then he can grow up and actually become yeah. a man. As you can hear, we just love getting into the specifics. So it's what we do best. It's how life's work, essentially. So that's a specific pattern that I want to get into. This is just a broad introduction. That's one of our favourite dynamics because that's happening very globally right now. Totally. As there's like a big celebration of the feminine. Um, but do you think that that is because the because yeah, of this pattern? So yeah. Like feminism as well. Like there's there's good points to feminism, but do you think that that has something to do with it? Yes. I reckon on a collective scale, there's been so many family dysfunctions and entanglements that it's 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 almost like on a collective level that's what's showing up. And like how imagine like the past, like when. Ben used to go off to war and all the mums that would have felt lonely and like needy would have like, like sort of enmeshed themselves with their, their, their sons. And of course that's uncomfortable, but it's way more common than you'd like to think. Yeah. It's, and it doesn't, it's in nearly every feminine, like every female I've worked with, even before when I was a personal trainer, they would say the same thing about their husbands. Like, I don't really feel like I have a man. I don't really feel like I actually have a man there. You know? So it's very common. Yeah. Well, I want to talk... Basically, I want to talk about that in, give, in detail and give it, do it justice. But, yeah, we'll do a whole podcast on... Oh, yeah, because like, the specific dynamics, I'd like to break them down. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's where we shine. But I just want to say that you can belong and be separate which is critically important to do both because you can because the family field is dynamic you can bring it into order where because the family system seeks is constantly seeking reconciliation because there's one rule no one can be left no, everyone has an equal right to be recognised inside the system. So if someone's not being recognised, a child will come in to fill that place and they will cast themselves out or they will start to take on the role of someone else because that member wasn't recognised. So what you do is you 
you recognize that member. That member becomes recognized. The, fi the field, it's so strange talking about it, but the field recognizes that and there's no longer an entanglement. You belong, but you belong in a way that works for a healthy outcome. I don't think that people just, like people can, you, you need, like look it up. You, people can go and understand uh, the man who started tapping into this and brought it into light called Bert Hellinger, German man. They can, there's constellations all around the place which are highly valuable. You can, I'm focused on how this becomes in the context of a couple, how you can do it on a personal level, get your system minimal via, minimum viably aligned so that you can belong and be separate but more importantly how to do it as a couple but we have consciousness around each other's systems which is why it's hard to get too inauthentic because each other recognizes the other system think about the life that we've consci consciously put energy towards creating that we still want to create mm -hmm. and to the child that's in your lap that we've created yeah do you love our conscious creation? Of course I do. It's absolutely amazing. And because it's been our focus it's been our focal point, it's been our commitment, we've attract we we've attracted an imperative imperative thing which is finding out the con that that which blocks what you want to create. And so what I envision is individuals couples and then families that they create together as consciously being able to create the life that they want to create aligning with objective morality and becoming creating thriving abundant systems and contributing to a wholesome good for all and the only way that that is actually going to come to fruition is if is if people become conscious of the hidden family system and the dynamics that play out therein inside their relationship so I see people becoming way more conscious being able to become co-creators stepping out of inevitable unconscious codependency and becoming conscious of that which blocks them I'm going to bookend this episode with a reading of the first part of this ebook that's called True Freedom Versus Self-Improvement, A Life Without Suffering Can Be Yours by Margot Riddler. And you can find the first 38 pages. It's like a simplified 38 pages, so it's not that long. But I'm going to read those to you. And they're based on this family constellation work. And there's an example in here if you want to understand it a bit more. So here we go. It says, ever since I was a child, I've known intuitively that a truly fulfilling life is possible for human beings. However, wherever I look, I saw people living with challenges, strife and misery. Why? What's going on? Why are we suffering? Why are we unhappy? Why are we spending so much of our time without joy, aliveness, wonder and freedom? Surely these qualities are our birthright. All humans must have an intrinsic right to experience these qualities in their life. So why don't we? 
As I looked around, it was clear that money wasn't the answer to lasting happiness, even though this is what we are taught. I saw rich people who were as miserable as poor people. But why do so many human beings live with unhappiness and dissatisfaction? Isn't there a way to become truly free of our existential anxieties and suffering? I lived with these questions for many years. Finally, at the age of 47, um, a spiritual awakening took me completely by surprise. To my astonishment, it provided a long-sought answer. There exists a self beyond the personal self. The personal self you know as you is made up of your body, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and instinctual impulses. It is restricted to the body-mind you know yourself to be. The self with a capital S, or true self, is limitless and unbound. It is tied to the body while you are alive in this world, but it keeps existing after your body has died. The true self is one with infinite and personal wisdom where all human inventions and higher aspirations come from. Freedom is its true nature. Who knew? Are you aware you have two different selves? Your personal self, which functions with short-sightedness, bias, and restrictions, and the other self, your true nature, which functions without limitation. It is completely unbound and free. I certainly did not. I had no idea. So why is nobody telling you about this dual nature? Shouldn't it be the first thing parents tell their children? Shouldn't the true self be fostered in, fostered in schools, universities, businesses, jobs, and all our relationships? What entirely different life experiences might we generate? What a completely different world might we produce? I always found it strange that for thousands of years, human beings have hurt each other nonstop in the cruelest of ways. Do you not find this odd? As far back as we have records, people's lives have been fraught with immense strife, suffering, warfare, destruction, oppression, rape, and plunder. Why would this be? Most human beings long to live free and happy lives. In the next section, I will give you an example. I will share with you an actual family dynamic from a client of mine. The name of my client has been changed to protect her privacy. All the other information is factual. From this case history, you will gain a clear understanding how hardships are relived generation after generation. In this way, the past is continually repeated in the present and keeps creating our future. Section 2, a real-life example. A few weeks ago, I received an email from a woman I will call Mary, who asked for my help. She told me her daughter was treating her so badly that she was on the brink of going mad. Her daughter is a single mother of an eight-year-old girl. The father of the child is not around to help raise their daughter. He is also not providing any financial support which forces the sole responsibility of caring for and raising their child onto Mary's daughter. Being a loving and dutiful mother and grandmother, Mary has allowed her daughter and grandchild to live with her in her home. Mary is providing housing, food, and child care, which limits her life tremendously. Instead of gratitude, Mary's daughter is angry with her all the time. Mary wrote that she does not know what to do. She wants to give her daughter an ultimatum, yet she does not dare to do it. She fears for the welfare of her daughter and her grandchild. However, something has to give, Mary pleaded. She cannot live with her daughter's vicious anger any longer. Mary said she is afraid that her mental and physical health will collapse. She worries that if the struggle with her daughter continues, she might fall seriously ill. I knew the family history because four years prior, I had successfully helped Mary's sister heal a very difficult family matter with two family constellations. For this reason, I understood the family dynamic immediately. I knew which programming was engaged. 
I remembered that Mary's mother had been a single mother as well. Mary's mother had also lived with her mother and depended on her to help raise her child. In that generation, the child's father was also not around. He did not care, take care of his offspring, nor provide any financial support for his family. In that generation also, mother and daughter were fighting all the time. I emailed Mary and inquired if she had lived as a single mother, also since I knew her mother had. Mary wrote back and said yes. Mary told me that she too had chosen a man who was not part of her and her daughter's life. Just like her mom, she also raised her daughter as a single mother with no support from the child's father. To make ends meet, Mary had to live with her mother at her mo mother's house as well. She remembered that although her mother helped raise her daughter, Mary fought with her mother repeatedly also. Investigating a bit further, it turned out that Mary's grandmother had also raised her children without their father. To me, it was clear that Mary's challenge with her daughter was based on a transgenerational family entanglement. Mary's grandmother, Mary's mother, and Mary were all single mothers who depended on their mothers to raise their daughters. Now it was Mary's daughter's turn. She was living out the exact same experience. If no intervention in her occurred, Mary's grandchild would most likely meet a similar fate in adulthood. But why the single motherhood? Why the anger? Why are the daughters not grateful to their mothers for their help? Why does this hostility exist between the women? As a family constellation facilitator, the question I ask myself whenever I'm confronted with a challenging family dynamic is this. What trauma occurred in the past that forces a particular difficulty to be expressed generation after generation so that it can be seen, acknowledged, and healed? When I inquired what had caused Mary's grandmother to be a single mother and lived without the support of her husband, Mary told me of her difficult fate. The grandmother's husband, Mary's grandfather, had moved to another state for work where he married another woman and started a new family. He totally, totally neglected his responsibility toward his first wife and children, leaving Mary's grandmother all alone to fend for her and their small offspring. It is the grandmother's fury that is relived in each generation. The anger Mary's grandmother felt towards her husband, which she could not resolve during her lifetime, was initially transferred to her daughter. The daughter Mary's mother, however, could not release the anger since it was not hers. For some reason, instead of expressing the anger towards her father, the anger was expressed towards her mother. Since the anger was not healed with Mary's mother, it was passed on to Mary. Mary then passed it on to her daughter and potentially also her granddaughter. Strange, isn't it, this idea of passing trauma on to our children and grandchildren? All parents want their kids to live good lives. No parent wants to inflict pain on to their offspring. Yet it is exactly this dynamic of trauma being unconsciously passed on to future generations what family constellations reveal. Mary was stunned when she grasped that she, her daughter, and her granddaughter were engaged in repeating a pattern that spawned five generations by now. She had not seen the challenges with her daughter in this light. Nor had she ever considered that her choices in men, along with her internalized imprint of how to be a woman and how to raise a family, had been unknowingly passed down to her. Mary had no idea that she inherited her grandmother's mental, emotional, and behavioral makeup. This is when a light bulb went off in her head. Suddenly she saw that four generations of women picked men who were not responsible fathers and husbands. Four generations of men left to the, their women the enormously arduous task of being the sole caretaker for their children. These men also placed upon their women the entire financial burden of providing for their offspring. 
Four generations of women did not know what a mutually loving, supportive, rewarding, and fulfilling relationship with a man looks and feels like. Four generations of women were wary of love, living with enormous hurt, anger, sadness, and loneliness, unable to generate a beautiful family life. Four generations of children did not know what it was like to have a father around to help raise them and lovingly take care of them and support them. Four generations of children were brought up by their mothers and their grandmothers who lived together in one household while the adult women were fighting with each other all the time. Mary was flabbergasted. She could not believe the power of constellation work. It had taken me only a few minutes to help her see the real reason she has challenges with her daughter. Mary mentioned that she could have never guessed it was her grandmother's unresolved negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions that caused her mother, her and her daughter, and her granddaughter so much grief. This is the truly sad fact about transgenerational family entanglements. Totally unnecessary, they cause enormous suffering in completely innocent, unsuspecting people. Want to know the most devastating consequence to the women for repeating this hidden abandonment trauma? It's that the mothers and daughters cannot heal the anger on the level of their relationship. Do you know why? They're not actually angry with one another. They love each other dearly. The mothers and daughters simply inherited the anger with their legacy imprint programming, which is hijacking their true nature. As odd as this may sound, the women are mentally, emotionally, and behaviorally imprisoned. They are enslaved by the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that run in their minds and bodies, which their inherited legacy imprint programming unconsciously generates in them. None of the women can act any differently from the way they do due to the hidden memory that was passed on to them. Do you see the tragic consequence family entanglements have on our lives and our relationships? People who love each other might act in strange, hurtful, and incomprehensible ways due to hidden inherited family programming in which, to which they are unknowingly bound. Constellation work allows us to offer healing retroactively to trauma and tragedies that were experienced by our ancestors. One such unresolved difficulties are released post-factum, family members living today as well as future generations are freed from any further entanglements of having to repeat, live out, and express unresolved challenges. This is why constellation work is such a gift. It can set the stage for life to continue in a completely new, unprecedented way, free from anything old that has been previously lived. So what happened with Mary and her family? Could freedom be generated from this difficult legacy imprint programming which is produced by now this devastating five-generational family entanglement? Yes, it could. Mary is the catalyst who sought healing and freedom in her life, assisted four generations of women to take responsibility for their choices and let go of their anger towards their men. Four generations of mothers received the much-deserved respect for the incredibly challenging task they had to perform of being both mother and father to their daughters. Three generations of grandmothers were honored for the immense sacrifices they made in devoting their entire life to the welfare of their daughters and their granddaughters. After setting aright the unresolved relationships in this family, within just a few days, the entire dynamic between Mary and her daughter changed. All fighting stopped. Mary's daughter, who did not know her mother had sought professional help with constellation work, became as sweet as she could be. Suddenly, she was friendly, helpful, supportive, and appreciative of her mother. She began spending most of her free time at home and even frolicking around the kitchen, dancing arm in arm with her mother and child. Mary reported that the wall that existed between her daughter and her had collapsed. It is no longer there. 
For the first time in a very long time, she can talk with her daughter freely, openly, and with great ease. Mary said she feels a huge burden has been lifted. She feels free. How is this drastic change possible? How can it be that only a few days after a constellation work session has been completed, the behavior of Mary's daughter is completely altered, especially since Mary's daughter did not even know any healing work had occurred? That's the interesting thing about family constellation work. And I'll probably want to talk about it more as I explore more, but I'm just going to leave it there. If you kind of look down, you have a sense of how you want to live, right? There's something in you that knows there is a right way to live and yet you can't get to it because you know, you're covered with all of this inherited stuff. Yeah, makes sense. So yes. we're gonna clean, or I'm gonna help you clean up with whatever is covering you, which has anything to do with you, and then your spirit can be free. You can start living your true life instead of you know trying to you know get out from Sorry, underneath all of this stuff, right? It's like help, help. <laughs> yes, and you know I know what that's like because I lived like this. My life was like this. I was born this way as a toddler, as a two-year-old. I was already thinking, get me out. So I know what it's like. I have been there. Okay. So I just want you to know what we're working with is not something that you have done wrong, something that has pushed you, something that, you know, you were the bad person. No. You were always free. And these forces, these energies from behind, from your family system have pushed you down to behave and act and do how you have lived your life. So, you know, you were always trapped. You only could do whatever you did because of how whatever had been pushed on you. Does that make sense? So. You don't have to feel bad about anything you did. You don't have to feel guilty about anything you did. You don't have to be, you know, feeling horrible about your past. No, none of that is relevant because you could not have behaved differently. You were pushed down from behind. And you could only act the way you did because you were pushed down. Right. So if you if you if you put an animal in the in the in a tank of water, right, and you push it down so it can't breathe, what's the animal gonna do? It's gonna scratch, it's gonna scream, it's gonna you know, it's gonna wanna survive. And that's what happens. That's what happens with us. We are all carrying crazy, mean, ugly programming that our ancestors they didn't know how to live differently, you know, that's just how they knew how to do life. And so we we get this as a you know, as a ba bag on our, sh on our bag, but it's, it's just a bag. It's just a bag. We can take this bag off and say, no, I'm not carrying this bag anymore. And then you're great. It's really like that. It can be this quick. We are operating in life from a hidden dimension from a completely hidden dimension that's not conscious. We don't have access consciously to it unless we do certain things. So all of us in life operate according to unconscious, completely unconscious principles 
that are inherited, the basis is inherited. And then from that inherited basis throughout life, other layers of unconscious operating, thinking, emoting, feeling is laid over it. But the very core of our being and how we operate in everyday life functions on a completely unconscious level. And with constellation work, when we do it in a group setting, what we do is we bring that unconscious picture to light. I'll give you an example. A couple comes to me and says, our son is so unruly. He's always getting into trouble. We don't know anymore what to do. Our the school sends recommendations, notes all the time. He's always angry. He, he, he doesn't listen. We don't know what the problem is. We, we, we love him, we spoil him, we do everything we can for him, and yet nothing works. So th this, is, this is the initial story, the surface story that people are operating on in life. And I never listen to the story because I know something completely different goes on underneath in the unconscious ground of programming that makes the surface look a particular way. But what people report as the surface story, what's going on in life, is never, ever what's going on underneath, ever. So constellation work immediately takes us to a completely different place of knowing and understanding and seeing. And traditionally the work was done in a group setting so that we have access to the underlying unconscious dynamic. Let's go back to that example. A couple comes to me, parents come to me and say this child is unruly. I hear it, I hear, this is the issue, there is an unruly child. The parents love the child, they do everything they can to make the child comfortable and have a good life, and yet the child is acting out. So why is the child acting out? That's my question as a facilitator. The people love him, they do whatever they can, they want the best for the child, and yet the child is acting out. So there's a reason the child is acting out. What's the reason? That's my question. It's always my question, what's the real reason the surface story is there and how do I need to open myself up to a higher knowing or a bigger knowing so that the real unconscious reason can show up and I then can really help a person because what we'll do is we'll shift the underlying unconscious picture programming and then on the surface the person will act differently. So when we shift that unconscious dynamic, basically, from which we then operate in life in a particular way, we'll operate now differently because what has been running underneath has been changed. So I have the mother and father pick three different people from this large group of people who have gathered to do constellation work. Nobody knows each other, they're all coming together to heal difficult family situations. So we'd have usually a large room with 
people having the chairs up against their wall. So we'll have a very large open space in their room available for the constellation to be set up. So I'm going to ask their mother, for instance, to start setting up the constellation. She would then pick three people from the total strangers who are part of the group to represent. So she would pick a woman for her, for herself. Uh, she would pick a, a, a man for the husband, the father of the child. And she would pick a boy, a man, for the boy. So she would collect these three people, would come in the middle of the open space, and they would just stand there. And then I would ask the woman to place her hands on each person that she picked and place them in the open space wherever she's moved to. It's not a thinking, oh, you know, I, I, I love my husband, so I'm going to stand myself really close to him. It's not a thought process. It's, it's an internal movement. Where does this woman feel like in this open space is the right place for the husband, the right place for her, and the right place for the child. So when she does that, the example I'm going to give, she may have placed herself on the left side of the circle looking outside. So she would be facing the people who are looking into the circle or sitting down. So she would be looking out that way. She may have placed her husband on the opposite side, on the right side of the circle, also looking out towards, looking towards the people, the participants who are looking in. So she, he would be looking out. So both people are far apart in the circle and they're both looking out. And then she places the boy right in the middle between them. And she says, yeah, that's the right picture. And if the husband is there, I would ask him, does this feel right? Would you have a different sense of where everybody goes? And he may just come in and say, no, actually, that feels right. Okay, so that would be the unconscious picture that the father, the mother, and the son carry each within them in relation to each other, to that particular problem they are bringing. So if they would bring a different problem, like my son is bedwetting, for instance, it may look different. Or my son isn't eating normally. He's, right? So it would be a different that it would be a different dynamic. The, the initial unconscious picture may look very different. So the picture we get set up is always in relation to a problem. So I, as a facilitator, if I look at that unconscious family picture, it tells me many, many, many things. First of all, it's going to tell me that this child isn't seen and taken as a child because the child stands in the middle between the parents and they are not close to him. There's this huge gap between the mother and the father and the child, right? So this child essentially is by himself in this family system. He, he's not connected. Imagine a, a, a five or six year old child having actually on an under on an energetic, vibratory level, which is 
you know, where life really initially happens in the core is not, is not linked to this child, even though the parents on the surface love this child and do everything for them, underneath where it matters, the child stands completely on its own. So that's a huge revelation to the parents when they see that. They would have never imagined that beforehand from their story, right? So that's huge. Immediately this child is gonna feel lost. He's not gonna feel safe, he's not gonna feel protected, he's not gonna feel like the parents see me. He's not gonna feel like, he's gonna feel like I have to do something that I'm seeing. So the acting out could be a way for this child to actually get recognized by the parents or have them, you know, give him attention so he feels supported. So that initial picture is huge in explaining what may be going on underneath on a soul level. I, we, we would call it the soul level, the energetic, vibratory, unmanifest level in a way. Now, that's just one part that this picture would show me. The other picture would show me that the husband and the wife or the parents of the, ch of the child are not linked. They are far, far, far apart. So why are they so far apart? And why are they looking out? They're not even looking at each other. They're not even looking at the child, right? They could be far apart looking at each other, but they're not even looking at each other. They are far apart and each one of them is looking out. So imagine how hard a relationship is going to be if underneath, on a soul level, the people don't actually see each other and are actually linked, right? Can you see? It's a completely different way of, of touching or, 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 or dealing with any problem. I mean, everything operates this way. So immediately we have a completely different entry point. Immediately we have a completely different way of dealing with it. Immediately we have a vast potential to really heal this family dynamic in a way nothing else can or would or will. So why is the mother looking out? Who is she looking towards? So that would be a question, a consolation question, right? Because now we are, we are no longer on the surface. We are no longer going with the story that we have been presented. We are now like down here on a soul level. Who on a soul level is the mother tied to or linked to that she's looking for or seeking? We're no longer on the surface, we're no longer going with the story that we have been presented. We are now like down here on a soul level. Who on a soul level is the mother tied to or linked to that she's looking for or seeking? So as a facilitator that would be my immediate next question, seeing that family system set up that way. I would ask the, the, the mother, did the parent die early? Is there a sibling that maybe have died early? Is there a former lover that you are still connected to? Is there a child you avoided? Right? So there's many different reasons on a soul level why the woman may look out and not be present to her child and her husband. Yeah. 
So I would do the same thing for the, for the father. I would ask him, who are you looking to seek? Yeah. Who in your family system are you linked on a soul level that you are not present in your life right now with your wife and child? So same questions. Did you lose a parent early? Did you lose a sibling early? Is there a former lover you are tied to? Um, is there a former child that you have with a former partner that you are tied to? Other, other reasons could be too, but those would be the initial first few questions. If there's no, 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 no to these questions, then I would ask further. But you can see that the reason why a partner may not be present to an actual relationship or the child um, in, 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 their, in, in their family is linked to the past. So then we would, for instance, let's say, yes, the woman says, the mother says, yes, my, I lost my, my twin sister. When I was first born, my twin sister lived for a day or two and then she died. And I longed to be with my twin sister. Yeah. So then we would have found why she's drawn out, she's looking in her soul, she keeps saying, where is my sister? It's not a conscious knowing. She may not even have remembered it because, you know, on the conscious level, we, we, we forget. Yeah, life goes on, we forget, we do things differently, but the soul doesn't forget. In the soul, everything is recorded. So the, the resolving then of the miss, bringing the missing people in in a constellation is very, is very beautifully done. I would have uh, the woman who is act, the mother who is actually sitting down. She is not actually participating except watching her family system unfold. I would have her then pick uh, a woman to represent her twin sister who died at two days old. And then a beautiful healing movement of these two sisters could happen because now the woman has an opposite. She can look at her two-day-year-old sister who she's still longing to connect to. She cannot connect with her. The woman can represent her and she can tell her, I missed you. All this time I missed you. I wished you would have stayed. I wished you would have remained. Yes. So this beautiful connection can happen, five minutes, that longing, this longing that has lasted her entire year, life could be healed in five minutes, done. Suddenly the woman can turn around and say, oh my goodness, I have a family. Yeah, that's what happens all the time. When a deep unconscious wound like that is healed, people suddenly are able to see what's really going on in their life. Yeah. So now the woman, with her sister next to her, yeah, this wound having this soul wound having been healed, can now turn around and for the first time really on a soul level, on an energetic vibratory level, see her son and say, Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I've never really seen you. That would be an authentic movement from the woman's representative, could be something else, but usually that's the movement. Okay, so now we have the mother turned towards the child. We would do the same thing for the father. I asked what happened? Who are you looking towards? 
So let's say he lost his father early. Father had an accident when he was 15 and the father died and has longed to have his dad or maybe there was a divorce and the father just no longer was part of the picture happens many many times nowadays yeah so the father is missing for this young man uh, who is now an adult and who is now a father himself but on the soul level underneath on that picture underneath that has been hiding from conscious awareness the longing to see and be with the father and be supported by the father and connected with the father is is there it, that that doesn't ever go away soul pains don't ever go away we have to heal them and then it's done then the pain is no longer there so we would do the same thing and would have the father who is also just watching the representative uh, unfolding you know his family's a constellation and would have him pick somebody for the father and then this new representative would come in and stand in as, as the, the man's father and again the same beautiful healing woman within five or ten minutes a longing that has been so deeply felt unconsciously can be healed that quickly and we connect whatever is necessary to, to make that connection and then the father is connected with this with his father who he has longed to and he will prop up and he will stand strong and he will actually stand in life as a, a much stronger man and father for his son now that he has his dad behind this longing that had pulled energy from his system and drained him and not really be fully who he can be as a man is now healed, he's now supported and he has the, the strength of his father behind him. So now he suddenly can say, well, I want to look behind me now, what's happening there, right? So he now is willing and able to turn around and sees he's got a wife and a child. He has not fully been able to see and recognize because he was drawn up. Sometimes only one person in the family system is out. Sometimes, you know, the mother or the father is drawn out, but the other partner and the other parent is here and the child, are, they're kind of waiting. Why are they not seeing us, right? So it's, the dynamics are always different. I just gave you this as an example. And so now when the mother and the father have turned around and they're able to stand supported and strengthened in their own depth from having been reunited with the people they had longed to be part with they can look at the child and the child will feel so calm and so aware that he suddenly has parents that are looking at him just that movement of bringing the missing people in for the for the mother and the father and then connecting has come everything for the child down and the child is wanting his parents to truly see them to see him and to truly be connected with him that's what we all long for we don't long for toys and gadgets and TV shows and computer games and Facebook clicks. We want to be connected and the 
depth of our being with the people who love us and who we love. And to truly connect on that level with, with our loved ones can only happen when we heal the pain underneath in the unconscious picture. And then a completely different way of operating is possible. So the mother and father will slowly then come to the boy and say, welcome, <laughs> we see you for the first time. Whatever movement is then appropriate, you know, it's always in the moment what's right for each person. So whatever would be necessary to connect the mother and the father together, first of all, and then with the child, so that the child feels suddenly the embrace of the mother and father and feels really taken. He will feel, I have parents, I feel they really see me in the depth of my being. I don't have to do all of this commotion anymore because I am now, I have a place. And like instantly, his stuff that had caused so much troubles before will be gone. It just won't be there anymore because we have changed that underlying picture. We have changed the picture where the mother is there, the father is there, the child all by himself, to the mother, father and the child connected. The missing people are present with that same picture. Connection all around within the family system is present. So from this new underlying picture, that's where love and connection flourish, the, the surface picture has to change. It cannot not change because it was always the underlying picture that generated the surface picture. That's why consolation work is so powerful and shifts seemingly instantly and miraculously the challenges people are having. It's not we have done something to the story, we have done something to the picture that generated the surface story. When you say apple, you have a picture of an apple in your head. It may be a red apple, it may be a green apple. If you're allergic to apples, you probably will have a picture of hives on your body. Why well, want to stay away from apples? Right? Or apple pie, my grandma's apple pie. So the word apple elicits something different for everybody. Yes. So every word every phrase, every concept that we have, that we use to communicate with each other, it has a picture and a feeling to it. And that's the underlying picture, what I was trying to share with you, what I was sharing with you just now with Constellation Work. So we usually just deal with the word and the concept, but it's not just a word and concept. It's always linked to a much bigger picture and a sense, it has a sense about it and a feeling about it and it's completely individual. That's why when I say something and mean something in a particular way, you may or may not get it because your picture to what I am saying may be very different. Yeah. 
So the word apple elicits all kinds of different, all kinds of different um, experiences and pictures for, for different people. And so does marriage, so does motherhood, so does sisterhood, so does business, so does money, um, cancer. Every concept and word that we deal with in life has an underlying picture that is that informs us in life, really, and from which life then we create a particular story in on the surface level. So that's the individual part, and then of course comes the family part, where on a soul level we are linked to the greater family system and how we are tied to what our, our family members, how they viewed marriage and the challenges they had we just used the word marriage, challenges they had with marriage and how the women viewed marriage and the men viewed marriage, right? So we have the individual picture that we, that we operate out of, but the next one, the family, yeah, the family picture, whatever that is that we inherited, maybe we inherited from our aunt Henrietta that you can't trust any man. And maybe we inherited from our mother that all men are users. Yeah. And maybe we inherited from both our grandmothers, marriage is hard work and I'm not going to get any pleasure out of it, right? So you get this mix then <laughs> of these different you know, dynamics that running underneath, you're not even aware of them that create then your very particular personal story of what marriage looks and feels like to you. And then, you know, the, the next level up, the next layer up is the collective. How are you, through, through you individually, through your female lineage of your family system, linked to the collective female dynamic of collectively women think, marriage is hard and collectively women thinking uh, men are users and collectively thinking men can't be trusted. Can you see what an enormous force field that would be that you as this individual person are tied to, right? You are here, you are tied to the family system, you may be tied to 10 different women in that particular way, but because they are tied and you are tied also to the collective female dynamics, suddenly that energy field just, oh, just broadened, right? So now you are dealing not just with the individual, the family, energetic mix, you are also dealing with the collective mix. That's why it's so hard to change these patterns and these dynamics that we are living out of because we are dealing with such huge forces. And the fourth layer or the fourth level, that's where the experience of survival comes in. So a woman who is tied in these three different ways will do everything she can to remain in this stuck situation because her survival programming will be tied to it. So she will be angry and frustrated and wants to get out of 
marriages that are not working for her. But she can't because on a survival level she knows if she gets out she's going to be all alone and she's going to suffer and you know her very survival is at stake. So, so this is like an even greater force field now keeping a woman stuck doing what she does that doesn't work for her. Because her, on the very core of her programming, her survival as a woman, as a human being, is tied to the collective, the family, and then the individual programming. Can you see how the, the, the layers we have to kind of un uproot and make conscious and heal in order to stand free in life of all of these inherited ways of operating? And so the fifth layer is where I am working. I'm working with all four programming layers. And the fifth layer is where I help a person understand these four layers are all just programming. The individual, the family, the collective, the survival, the physical survival level. They're all linked to each other, they're all tied to each other, they all feed each other. But you are not that. You are the underlying life source and you're just operating through these four levels of programming. But as you look through them, you make them conscious and you release them, you can actually live program free. Right? So that's the level that I am inviting people to get to. Let's make all these four levels conscious. Let's heal all of them so we don't have to keep regurgitating and running the programs over and over and over and then life can just move freely. Yeah, so those are the four layers of programming that are unique to me. I have not heard anyone else describe it this way but for me, for me this, these five levels were like a gradual realization First, with Brain Gym, when I first learned the whole healing modality was for my child, it was Brain Gym. How can I help my child uh, through simple exercises be less angry and less afraid and more happy? Yeah, so I learned the, very simply how to help my child immediately with anger and frustration and fear through simple exercises. That was the personal level. The next level, when I found out working with uh, families, that the children are actually repeating challenges that the parents are not resolving from their life. I could see that in a family system where it was a three-generational entanglement touching this innocent child who was living out a trauma that had nothing to do with him. It belonged to the father and his father. So for the first time when I did brain gym, I saw a three-generational entanglement and I said, well, if I want to help children, my work was always about helping children be free, then I have to work on the level of the adults because that's where the entanglement starts and the child is really at the mercy of the parents having done their healing work, the parents being free. The child is really innocently carrying entanglements that have nothing to do with it. So that's when I came to consolation work. 
that's when I really learned the different layers of the family dynamics and how the different family dynamics uh, entangle us and our children and our grandchildren. So I learned that, uh, that dynamic through consolation work. And then at one point I, <clears throat> I became very ill. And I was ill for about, uh, in 2003, I was ill for about six or eight months. It was really, a, you could say, a spiritual illness. I, I wasn't, I was diagnosed with silent pneumonia, but I knew it wasn't pneumonia. I knew it was had to do energetically with something. And I found out whatever I had, I had to heal with the shaman because there wasn't anything else anybody could do. And I found luckily an African shaman who did a shamanic ritual or several shamanic rituals and it sealed off my energy. So that's the first time I understood energetic work in a way that I hadn't understood it before. I was always energetically involved with constellation work, but I didn't understand how it worked. And after I had done that shamanic ritual, I studied a little bit about shamanism and I opened myself up without realizing to the collective field. And I realized then that by us doing the work, we are allowing others in the collective field to heal that same pain. So by me having opened up the gateway to the collective field the way I did through my illness and through the shamanic practices, I now entered consolation work as a facilitator from a much deeper place and held the potential that others with the same issue could at the same time heal that issue. So that's how I learned and understood the five different layers. First, through brain gym, I helped my son on an individual level. Then consolation work showed me the family level, how we are linked on a family level. This work then showed me how we are linked to the collective level. And when I had this breaking down experience where I lost everything, uh, in that process of the first six months, um, where I was emptied of my fears and my survival struggles and who am I if I lose everything and am I somebody if I am no longer Margot Riddler the way I thought I, I am. Right? All of these survival fears that we are linked to at a very, very core level from which we kind of erect um, our personal sense of self. I realized on that fourth level Everything that we do and how we operate in life, at the very core is the survival. And from that survival, will we live a good life? Will we stand alone as a woman? Will we stand alone as a man? And how will we survive? Are we good enough? Are we going to be ejected if we do this, right? We, so many survival fears. These are animal instinctual survival fears that we as human beings are living out. And they are then linked to the third, the family level, and they're then linked to the, 
the, first the collective, then to the family, and then to the individual. So it's all it's individually lived out. The program personal service individually lived out, but it goes down these four layers. And at the very core is the survival. And I didn't understand that level until I actually had to face my own survival fears in that deprogramming that happened of my personal self-structure um, in 2006. Basically for about six months, everything that I knew was Margaret Riddler was erased. I mean, it was literally, I felt like a scrub brush went into into me and just scrubbed everything clean that was there. For instance, I didn't have words for constellation work anymore. If I had to explain it, it's like the words were no longer there. I, I, the file that had contained everything about constellation work, the file was empty. And eventually the whole file was gone. And that was with everything, with mother, with sister, with business person. I was literally scrubbed clean. And that's when I understood, later I didn't understand it then, later I understood, oh, that's the fourth level. We have to be willing to be completely cleared of everything that's programmed so we can stand truly free in life. Yeah. So that it's really my own progression of how I learned all of this. It's not something I studied or read in a book. This is Margaret Riddler's personal <laughs> deconstruction process and learning how, how does the personal self work and what is true freedom? What really makes us stand in life in a way where we are vital and alive and happy and joyous no matter what we have in life? So anything that we buy or we can have or we can attach ourselves to, it will never give us the aliveness we feel as being program free and who we really are. Everything else is a, is a cover over over our true nature. And the true nature needs nothing. It doesn't need a fancy house. It doesn't need the, 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 the you know, lots of followers on Facebook, it doesn't need, doesn't need a partner, it doesn't need a child, it doesn't need anything by itself. Our true nature is whole and complete and happy and fulfilled. And everything else is then comes on top of it, but it doesn't diminish or make it big, bigger or better. We are always already whole and complete and filled in our true nature. And that's so hard to understand because our personal self thinks we have to add all of these things on and we have to have all of those things in order to feel better, be more. Yeah. But it's not true. Our true nature is really always there and everything else is a, is a, is a, is a program layover. what's happened to me. I am living her experience. I had no words. I couldn't, I couldn't name it. I couldn't put any, I couldn't make sense of it. But essentially it's this spiritual awakening journey towards awakening or enlightenment. You know, these are lofty terms, but they are not lofty because we can actually live this. We are supposed to live this. We are supposed to be living from our true nature, with it, which is emptiness. 
we're supposed to have this ability to live and operate and move in life from this empty place without that self in place that keeps it stuck all the time and not being able to really hear and move and do life from this, from our true nature. Our true nature doesn't have thoughts. Our true nature doesn't have emotions. Our true nature doesn't have beliefs about what's right and wrong. Our true nature is not bound by any of these things that we are bound by. So the self is like completely tight. Thinking, feeling, emoting, instincts, it's all tied to the body. It's inherited. How your body is wired is inherited through your family system. Thoughts we think, the emotions we feel, the chemicals that run through our body that make us do the certain things that we do. It's all body related and it's tight. Our true nature has such a hard time to ever express itself and move through the body freely. It could, but it hardly ever does because it's so tight. And when we do healing work, usually we just exchange one negative thing for positive, so it's still there. We are not erasing this thing. We just keep moving it around and the structure stays the same. So look. Who we really are is nothing. There's nothing in here. There's nothing out there. We are everything. We are nothing and everything. And everything is the same thing. It just moves through us in the particular ways the body is wired and programmed. So my invitation is, let's take these things down. Let's make space. Let's not improve it. Let's not better it. Let's not make this structure more whole and more complete. Let's collapse this structure to whatever degree it's possible. So what's always there, your true nature, your true essence, has space then, a whole other way of knowing, a whole other way of doing life, a whole other way of understanding, of living, of experiencing, happens when you live from your true nature. It's no longer going to be this. You won't know how it's done because this cannot know it. Something completely different is happening when you live from this place. You, there is going to be safety, enormous safety experienced here. There is flow all the time experienced here. There is an understanding how things work together from a much greater field because can you see it's all the same, right? It's no longer separated out. Right? So you'll be able to see, it will look through your eyes and see things in a very different way. You'll be able to see connections, how things connect. It's a very different way of operating. You'll still have your body, that doesn't disappear. But the mind, the continuous nonsense of the mind, the emotions, the instinctual fears, the drives, all of this, when that's calmed down, when it has been released, you have an empty vessel. Your true nature will look out your eyes. I mean, it's already looking out your eyes, but right now it has this filter to look through. 
Right? So if you don't have the filter anymore to look through, what might you see? What might you experience if it doesn't tell you anymore this is right and wrong or this is good and bad or this you can't do or shouldn't do? If you don't have that filter in place, if the, if the immediate response that usually comes up isn't there, what happens? Right? It's a very different experience. So it's not about bettering, it's not about making better, about improving. It's a completely letting go and allowing your true nature to surface and be in charge.